We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast. Uh, sorry for there not being a show last week. Uh, in this bizarre sort of offseason for the Timberwolves, my goal is to um, be doing consistently one show per week. But the the tragic events here in Minneapolis made it pretty easy, a pretty easy decision for me to, uh, you know, just kind of give the space to let more important voices than mine speak last week. Um in that time since uh, it's been two pods since Will, Will, and I uh, did our last podcast. Obviously, the Timberwolves season has come officially to a close, and in that time, the those of us in the local media have had the chance to speak with Gerson Rosas and Ryan Saunders. We kind of had a end of season media availability thing today that was very long. A lot of things to get into there. Not going to do that today. On Friday, I'll be recording with Britt Robson, and and we'll dig into all all things explicitly Timberwolves uh, related. So look for that to post sometime over the weekend. Today, um, I'm excited to get back into these draft prospect film reviews. Uh, Will DeBerg, who's been doing all these with me, is the assistant men's basketball coach locally here at the University of St. Thomas in St. Paul. Um, Will's back. We're going to go just like we did with, we chose Daniel Oturu and Zeke Naji a few weeks back, I guess, kind of because they're from Minnesota and play the same position. We did the same thing this week. Trey Jones and Tyrell Terry are locally are from Minnesota. So we, w- we did the, the same, the same sort of thing, watched all their film offense, defense, and are going to kind of go into what we've seen and how we think they might uh, translate to the NBA level. What's up, Will? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. My first question for you about Trey, and we were kind of right before we turned on the mics, you're talking about having played against Tyus. 
in the pro am here last year, right? Last year, yeah. Have you did Trey play in that? At, have you played against Trey in that before? Trey, have you ever played against Trey? I th- I've never played against Trey. Okay, I think Trey's played in the pro am a little bit, um, but I never, thankfully, had to play against him. <laughs> he's he's a little bit younger than you. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit. Um, it would be sweet if they're able to make the pro am. Minnesota Minneapolis yeah. is it Minnesota Pro Minneapolis program Tyus is always kind of yeah. in charge of it Jamar Diggs actually a De La Salle okay. De La Salle alum um friend of mine who's done an unbelievable job with the pro am just right. kind of bringing some I guess exciting basketball to Minnesota um during the summer so hopefully obviously as things open up um around the Twin Cities and around the country hopefully we can find a way to get the pro am in because it's uh it's awesome yeah well it would just be I mean a lot of times it's, it kind of ends up being guys from anywhere from like seniors in high school to yeah. thirty year olds mm-hmm. um who are have played, are still playing, whatever. But just, you know, with these all these what four, five Minnesota guys right. about to get drafted this year, I gotta think that they're starving to be able to play some sort of competitive basketball. It'd be sweet to do that. If Tyus is back, him playing in it. I mean, I know Royce White and a lot of Tim like Shavaz Napier, Noah Vonley, a bunch of those dudes played Jake last Layden year. Played last year. Oh Jake Lane, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Um <laughs> maybe we're just so desperate yeah. for, for any sort of basketball. But I think that that's normally August. Uh, no, it starts in June, actually. So oh. it starts, so I think usually. <laughs> so it's not going to happen. Usually, well, I don't know. It's it's. I've heard, I mean, a couple of different possibilities. One is obviously without the fans, just getting guys in and playing. But, yeah, hopefully within the next couple of weeks we can get something there. Right. Jamar can get something going on. <laughs> not, not me. Yeah. I think it's with these guys. We're doing trade rounds and Tyrell Terry. Uh, just very, very surface level. They're guards. They're very small. Yeah. Um, for their position, and and it's whether it's with you or you know a lot of other people I've who've known who have actually been able to talk to me about playing against Tyus, who's this really just average sized, pretty average athletically sort of guy. And I remember you telling me specifically about playing in the program last year. He's just kind of getting a run in, getting a sweat in. And then your team was beating him, and he just then sort of just decides to take over take over the game, and almost did doing so like in in a mental sort of way, and whatever that right. sort of it thing is with an undersized player who's a a guard in that sort of way. With Trey is going to need that, and I would say Tyrell Terry would need whatever that is too to actually become an impactful. NBA player. So right. I guess in your experience playing wherever or just watching these guys, what, what do you think that is about, <laughs> I guess, just small people who make it work in that yeah, sort of way? Yeah, it's hard to put a finger on it. Like if – like going back to the Joneses, Tyus has had it like his his whole life. Like right. even from when he was growing up and traveling basketball to, to high school to college, like he's kind of always had – well, first of all, he's got ob- objectively one of the best – basketball IQs I've ever seen sure. from at, at any level. Um, and then, and then secondly, he's just always kind of found a way to like get things done wherever he's put, like whatever position he's been put in. Um, he's just done an unbelievable job at, at figuring it out and getting better and getting smarter. And um, so, and Trey's followed in his footsteps. Yeah. I guess so that's kind of my question is like, is, is Trey, I mean, to what degree, we can get into specifics of his game. Like, and to what degree is he Tyus 2.0, and to what degree isn't he? Right. Well, I think he'll tell you. Like, if you listen to his interviews, he says he models 
I mean, I know they're really close. Um, He models a lot of his game after Tyus. I'm sure Tyus is in his ear. Um, So I think he plays like Tyus to some degree, but there are also a bunch of differences, I think. And obviously they're, they're brothers and and they've got the same build and um, they've got a lot of similarities, but at the same time, they, there's a few things I think that really separate Trey from Tyus and kind of make them pretty different as well. And I think that's only, it's, no two brothers are exactly the same. And, and obviously the the big-time example everybody talks about now is Lonzo Ball, LaMelo Ball. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, those two are apples and oranges. But that if you've watched them play at all, right, it's just obvious. Well, LaMelo's way bigger and just way more, like, right. offensively focused dynamic in that sort of way where La- – I mean, they're just very, very different types of players. Yeah. Whereas Trey and Tyus, I would actually say, while acknowledging that all players are different, there really are a lot of – similarities between in the way that they kind of approach the game yeah. and and I would say in what they're good at because they are kind of that same size and there's just again Lonzo Lamel are different sizes different shapes that's why they, they they play the game positionally in a different way Trey and Tyus are just your classic point guard yeah. right and and Trey's 6'3 6'4 wingspan which isn't like that's a I mean it's a pretty average type point guard but not not big at all 185 pounds um it's it's fine for a point guard, but you're not you're not giving yourself any sort of like advantages in that way. So the other the advantages you have to find then if you're that size is in skill, right? In a, like a specific sort of skill, whether that's shooting, whether it's basketball IQ, like you talked about with Tyus, something has to stick out in a in a special way for you to be able to kind of rise up out of the pretty average yeah. size human. Did the wingspan? So after watching Trey, did the wingspan, like the actual number, the six four number, did that surprise you at all? Because watching, like I've you, watched him for a while. You think he's longer than that? I do. Well, he plays longer than that, just because sure. defensively he's unbelievable, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's just easy to associate a good defender with a good wingspan. So it, like, I thought it would be in the six five, six six range. On pay. and who knows? I mean, I yeah, and obviously all of the the numbers we have on all these guys, no right. combine, we haven't haven't been measured yet. Um, so I guess my point is that like he is for those of you who I guess didn't watch a lot of Trey and at Duke the last two years, but have watched Tyus with the Timberwolves or in the NBA. The Trey is like an elite defender. Like yeah. one of the better defenders in college basketball that I've watched in the last five or ten years. Sure. Um, and so yeah, I, I mean that's so, so that, that that's a good and and we'll, we can we'll do offense and we'll do defense, but I think that that is a good place to start because that's what I'm thinking about right when I started watching the film of Trey is okay, you make the size work at the college level, but like kind of barely. Right. And I mean, and Trey Trey was very good in college, but he. But yeah, it's just it was just just barely like his finishing at the rim. It 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 took every single bit of what he had. Right. And then I just start thinking about it defensively when guys are going to come into him a little bit more and play a little bit more physical. How is he going? Is he still going to be able to control? He does a really good job at the college level of controlling whether the ball's going to the right or the, whether the ball's going to the left. Like right. how is that physicality going to impact him when he's already looking like he was kind of pushed up to his athletic sort of wall in ways at, at the college level. And I honestly, I don't know what the answer is because the, the point guard position is weird in the NBA or just in basketball, right? Where we can't have small people play right. point guard. There's, there's 
ample examples of that in, in the league. And we don't need to be as hyper-focused on that as we do at the center position to defend the rim or on the wing to have, you know, the wingspan to be able to be in passing lanes. It's, it's different. And I, I really struggled with it. Um, there was times I'm watching things. I'm like, okay, yeah, I could, I could see that work. But then I, I start thinking about it and it's, it's a drive to the rim where he gets pushed a little off to the side and he can't finish at the front of the rim and has to come up to the side of the backboard. Right. And I'm like, okay, well, how will, what will that look like at the NBA level? And then you see, uh, like you, you see on defense, someone playing him a little bit more physical or a little bit faster, and and he, it's he's just not quite there. So I I don't know. It's going to be. It made me it made me a little bit tentative to get really into a player that at the college level, after watching all his film after I hadn't done that before, was like wow, he was a lot better of a college player than I thought. Sure. Going into it. So I don't know if counterpoint is the right word, but I had all those same worries about Tyus, watching Tyus at Duke. And I think Tyus is a little bit shorter. He's a little bit – Trey's a little bit taller and a little bit better athlete. And because Tyus has made the transition really well, I would say, physically and and size-wise, that's where I'm confident that Trey's also going to do that just because Trey's already more physically imposing than than Tyus. And maybe it's that Trey had two years at Duke. Sure. Uh, Tyus had one. But – I had those – watching Tyus at Duke, I was like, I just – he's obviously incredible. I just was not sure if, if the physicality mm-hmm. was going to translate. And so that's where I'm less concerned with Trey because of how Tyus has done it. So to counterpoint back, um, and, and we, we should say that you're a Duke fan. You've watched, you watched a ton of Tyus. Mm-hmm. You watched a ton of Trey. Like you've watched way more of these guys at the college level there. And obviously, though, Tyus at Minnesota, I watched a lot more of that up close and in person there mm-hmm. too. And, and it can kind of go both ways <clears throat> with, with, with Tyus, like, yeah, he made it work, but he made it work in a very like specific way where, where I, I don't think we can undersell that Tyus is one like superhuman NBA skill. He only has one and it's that basketball it's IQ. IQ. Yeah. It's what el- what else is Tyus Jones really good at? It's 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 not there. Like he he pl- he plays passing lanes very well defensively, and and I think he's actually a capable defender. But I remember like when he was having to start for the Wolves for a while, and there was one game against the Thunder two years ago, and Russell Westbrook literally going like the first five possessions of the game, and he just goes to the block, bang, bang bang bang, and it's it's a layup. And that's not that's no shade at Tyus. It's he's physically not capable to do that. Um, and and Tyus is not a great shooter. He, he shot – I pulled him up here. He's 34.5% from three for his career, which is below league average. I mean, fine. Like you, right. You, you're allowed to shoot those. Yeah. Catch and shoot threes, 38.5%. Not great, but that you, you feel good if your guy's shooting that. Yeah. But off the dribble, he's been awful. Three-point shooting. His whole – What's he shooting off the dribble? 26.5% for, yeah. for his career. And some – it's just pretty bad. And I think pretty we bad. would agree that he's a better shooter than Trey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I guess that that's what I'm saying. And I don't know. Maybe I haven't watched enough of Trey. So, so okay. let, let me stop you for a second. Yeah, okay. You yep. said Tyus has got one, like, superb basketball skill. Yeah. It's his IQ. Do you think Trey can have that as well as being – can he be a, an elite defender in the NBA? See, that that's what's tough. I, I mean, I don't know if you can be an elite defender in the NBA, one, at the point, and two, when you're that small. 
or there's I, I just know th- so few of them. I those. know this is the extreme example, but what's Patrick Be- – how big yeah. is Patrick Beverly? Yeah, but, but like the same, the same size. Yeah, and I think there's like a small handful of those. And then I think we just moved to this point where it's like defenders at the point guard position, like everyone is closer to replacement level if we're like yeah. on this spectrum, right? I, I mean, and maybe you would disagree with that. Maybe a coach would. That's just how I see it in my yeah. head where there's like, okay, let's call D'Angelo Russell like the worst point guard. You know, defender of the league, it's called Patrick Beverly, Beverly the best. Right. I don't think there's like as big of a gap there as there might be at the center position between the best and the worst or or whatever it may be in that way. And and it's why when I'm looking at these guys as draft prospects and I'm thinking of the other best, quote unquote, defensive prospects in this class, Anyaka Kangwu, James Wiseman, Isaac Okoro, I think they get more of a defensive boost in my mind because they're multi-positional defenders and they're defending not point guard. I just don't I don't know if that's as meaningful. Right. I I think he can become like a but I don't know the I don't know if all defensive team is the right way to put him but like Avery Bradley type sure. of guy. Like I just I've watched him I've watched him growing up. I've watched him at high school. Yeah. I've watched him at Duke and like he has been a dominant defender. And I totally agree with that. Dominant defender. Totally. Like, I remember watching him in high school numerous times, and I was like, I've never seen somebody play defense the way he does. Yep. And then he went to Duke, and he did the same thing. We watched the game against North Carolina against mm-hmm. Cole Anthony, who we did the podcast on a month yeah. or so ago, and we were like, he just dominated Cole Anthony, mainly because totally. Cole Anthony couldn't do anything. And mm-hmm. so everywhere he's gone, he's been just – an elite defender, like yep. the best defender on the floor. So even if he takes a small step back, even yep. if he doesn't, he's still going to be – he could guard any point guard in the NBA. Right. Point guard, though. To your point, it's just point guards. Mm-hmm. He, I don't think he'll be able to guard twos and threes. Yeah, and I, I'm not I'm not even really just disagreeing with you. It's it's more this, this overall just idea of, okay, I know an elite defensive point guard is very valuable, is a quote-unquote – good defensive point guard, how valuable is that? Especially when their offensive game is... That's my point. Right. Yes. And and, and his offense, I think Trey's offensive game, whether we go in the, we look, say it mirrors Tyus, or we look at what just the film showed us watching, it's it's hard for me to get very excited about any element of his offensive game. Right. But the big thing that stood out for me, which having had watched him a bunch at at his freshman year playing with Zion, you know, just I'm watching more of those games and watching this, I was like, holy shit, like, when did he become the main option? Like, Trey Jones was used by Coach K as their Russell Westbrook. Totally. This year on this team. And I was, that just totally caught me off guard. He was a high usage, effective offensive player on one of the better college basketball teams in the country. And, okay, yeah, he's a sophomore, but he's not old. No, hey, you're just a, just a sophomore. So he did. He, he really did his have success. His the jump he made and he, what he was asked to do mm-hmm. freshman year to sophomore year, you don't see that very often in right. in college basketball. And just in a totally just used completely correct. differently. And so that another reason why I'm like optimistic and bullish on him in the NBA is like we saw what he did as a freshman playing with Cam Reddish, R.J. Barrett, sure. Zion Williamson, NBA top ten picks, mm-hmm. who he's going to be surrounded by when he gets to the next level, and when he's asked to run the show and lock down whoever the other team's point guard is, like, he is very valuable. And yeah. if, he can, if he can find a, a team where that's his role, then I think there's, there's a lot of value for him. So I think that brings up an, uh, an interesting question of once we, whenever we start saying, okay, they have to be in this role, yep. 
and we're going to say the same thing with Tyrell Terry because we've done this with other guys too. Once we start like narrowing down to this role or they're going to need to play by this type of player X, that just the fact that that is on that's on your resume that pushes down your draft stock in my opinion because now I don't I don't think we can put Trey Jones on all 30 of the he doesn't fit on all 30 of the teams yeah, equally. That's fair. And and you know and, and the same sort of thing with Tyrell Terry. So let's 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 paint it out where it works for Trey Jones. Yep. And and he is a successful pick and he's grown into you know, let's say his rookie contract's done. He's in into year 5. Kind of like what Ty that literally that's where Ty was this year. Yeah. It, what is Trey Jones then if it's worked? It's probably a similar career path to Tyus. Yeah. Different different yeah. players, different strengths, weaknesses, but like it's a it's a good solid backup point guard. Right. And and you know, and, and Tyus like Ty, Tyus just signed a like a, a, a where he's getting like eight nine million dollars a year. Like that's a for multiple years. He a signed a, he signed yeah like a, that's a big well it's like a big NBA just like contract and you know and he's a restricted free agent. Literally that's your, his market value. Yeah. Like that's a pretty valuable player in the NBA. So we could like I can poke holes of catch and shoot off the dribble and all this and that. It's like, well Tyus does enough. Like he gets right. he gets the job done. He got paid. Right. And I think and, at the very worst Trey is gonna be and we've we've hit on this, he's gonna be an incredibly high IQ player who's an awesome de- defender of point guards. Okay. And then everything else is gonna be gravy. Mm-hmm. And if he can improve his jump shot, now he takes another little step. If right. he improves his playmaking then he takes another right. little step and so all those other things are going to be just like how like where he ends up like what's right. the what's the path but I think at the very least he's really smart and he's going to be an awesome defender everything else is going to be just kind of you know I, I just think he's going to need to have that tie a special sauce yeah to be able to be that guy and that that's a, like a lot to ask and th- this is kind of like a a stupid sort of example, but like th- these are the records of the teams Tyus Jones played on in his career: the twenty-nine and fifty-three Wolves, the thirty-one and fifty-one Wolves, the forty-seven and thirty-five Wolves, the thirty-six and forty-six Wolves, the thirty-two and thirty-three Grizzlies this year. That's four of the five years on losing teams. National champ though at Duke. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I don't mean that to rip I on know, him I at know. all. This is actually a positive for in him. Case people forgot. I just <laughs> <laughs> so so he over his career. Those are losing, losing teams, right? I think he's like 175 and 212 in his career. But he, he's point, when he's on the floor per 100 possessions for his career, the, his teams have outscored opponents by three points per 100 possessions, which is – that's like the point differential when yeah. you, like, you math it all out. That's like a 50-win team. So he's this guy who's playing on 30-some win teams, and whenever he's playing for his whole career, like he's, he's playing – I don't know – that. I don't think that's like a mistake, and I think you, that stuff we explain not in not in a specific stat like three point shooting or defensive metric or something like that. It's you can't you can't put a finger <clears throat> on it. It's it's why he won a state championship in high school. It's yeah. why he won a national title at Duke. It's why it's like some people just have a way of figuring it out and finding ways to win. And man, I, I hope I hope Trey has that. I just think that's a very rare skill. It is. And is it hereditary? I, I don't know. That that's the like. But, maybe. but so far, it's led us to believe it is. Granted, Trey didn't win a, a national championship, but like the okay, he Did, won a state championship. He made 
we watched that North Carolina. Like he yeah. just makes these weird plays oh, where like great. He's like he, only the Jones brothers can make those. Plays. You know what I'm serious yeah. though. Like yeah. for those of you who've watched Tyus, like all the way up, like you know what I'm talking about. For like sure. you just know that he like you can't even like explain it. I he know just, it, it, it's very frustrating to, to yeah. almost not be able to. Because it's not a stat to back it up. No. There's not like a, it's just like they they figure it out. And I think Trey's like that too. See, I just I don't know, and maybe you can speak to it more at, at Duke. Like I think I think Tyus is more special at Duke than Trey was special at Duke. And I think, I mean, maybe. And if, yeah, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to argue against the, the that like what he did in the Final Four. Right. And like, let's, yeah, and you know. So yeah, I would agree. So with that. Wh- like, what would have Trey done this year? I don't know. I mean, wouldn't you say Duke kind of was underwhelming this year? Yeah. Like they had a they were better his way better his freshman. So year. I, I don't know. I, I'm really falling on the side of like poking holes in Trey. And it's important to also remember that he is not projected to be a first round pick. Exactly. So people, that's what I'm saying is like, th- and there's a reason for that. So let's, it's important to keep that context as well. It's like, right. he's not going to be a lottery guy. Right. It, yeah. Like, I mean, he's probably late, late first at the, yeah, at I would say, highest. yeah, he's probably in a similar boat to what Tyus was. I mean, we keep going back to that, but like, <laughs> yeah, they're Tyus really 23rd, right? Yeah. Something like, that. something like that. But the wolves traded up to get him. Correct. Right. True. So True. like he might've, if they, if flip and the wolves didn't do that, he might've been a second round pick for all. Right. We know. No, that that's true. I, yeah. I mean, I, I really, I'd say that I poking these holes in it, but I really did end up liking the college film a lot more than I thought he would. And it was because I saw him do, many more things offensively than I expected. I kind of knew I've actually watched him a good amount in, in high school too um, and, and had seen him. I knew he was going to be good defensively. But I was, I was somewhat impressed by the variety of offensive skills he was allowed to show on one of the – on a pretty loaded team, on paper at least, at, at Duke that, and Coach K kind of said – This year you're saying. Yeah, yeah, this year. They said – he said, you know, go be Russell Westbrook. Right. And and I think he brought, got a lot out of Vernon Carey, yeah. On on this Duke team, I think I think he was, I think he was a pretty special college player this year. But I, I just my, my honest opinion is I have concerns about him physically translating to the next level, and and because of that, to overcome those concerns, he needs to be an elite IQ player, and I just. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know if he is Tyus in in that sort of way or not. And I see. I think we disagree on that though. Because even if he's not Tyus's IQ, I think he makes up for that with his speed. His, he's physically better than Tyus is. Mm-hmm. I think he's a little bit taller, a little bit stronger. He's yeah. quicker. He's a better defender. So I don't think he's got the Tyus IQ. I, I think his IQ is awesome. Probably a step below Tyus. But I think he what he doesn't have an IQ, he makes up with his. Mainly on the defensive end of the court, but he makes up with his physical makeup. Okay, so so just explain a little bit more why he's special defensively. I think I, I agree with you, but we kind of I feel like you and I are just talking about things that we know at each other. We yeah. haven't we haven't really been able to articulate it as much. Like, well, I get yeah. A- answer that question. I think his instincts are as good as I've ever seen mm-hmm. from a from a point guard. Yep. Uh, Again, this is in context with just point guards. We're yep. not talking about he's I don't think he's going to be a, a guy who guards twos and threes. But mm-hmm. I think he moves laterally really well. Yep. I think his instincts are great and he's smart as hell. So I think those three things. He's got a good combination of of the the physical attributes as well as just being like 
a really smart, savvy basketball player. And I think those two things, and then you can throw in like toughness and all that stuff. But like yeah. he, he's not missing anything from a defensive standpoint in my mind. I agree. As far there's as not, there's not, a, there's not one weakness. And I've again, I, I've watched him all the way growing up. I'm not gonna all of a sudden be like, I don't know if his defense is gonna translate. <laughs> like he's been awesome on defense. Yeah. His entire life, his entire career. So I'm not gonna sit here now and be like. I don't know. I don't think it's going to work now. Like the one thing that's right. been like what's made him stand stable, out. Yeah. Like so I'm just going to ride with that. Like it's it's worked his whole life. I'm just going to keep buying stock into that because to this point it's it's worked. And I I I think that's I think that's fair with the caveat of probably only being able to do it yeah. once, which is fine. That's right. that's what most point guards in the league are asked to do. Um I would say all those things on top of that I would say uh, I think maybe I already said this before. I think he does a really good job of controlling which direction the ball handler is going to be able to go without like touching them. Yeah. Which is, and I think that's IQ. That's, mm -hmm. that's a definitely good sign in the IQ area there. Um, I, I don't, I guess, I don't know if this is a defensive thing or an offensive thing, but he is one of the best I've seen at transitioning from defense to offense in, in a split second of grabbing and going and, and just, or just kind of, like almost anticipating one of his teammates getting a rebound or getting a steal and being moving in that sort of direction. He moves with the ball so well on, on the defensive end that it really leads me to believe that he could be a point guard who really leads a fast offense yeah. that transitions from, from defense to offense really well. And this is kind of a, a, a weird comparison, but I, you know, I kept kind of coming back to it too. And I, I know this is the Timberwolves angle, but Rubio did a lot of these things. Yeah. And and there's actually there's actually a lot, I saw a lot of kind of similarities between those two. Rubio was a I, I still think he is a wildly underrated defender, partially because he isn't really physically imposing and he does so with good athletic good but not great athleticism right. and but with his with smarts. Right. And and he kind of you know and he was able to obviously and is able to lead the break at a at a really high level. And then when we talk about weaknesses, I think. Um, Rubio's weaknesses mirror Trey's too, where and we've kind of talked about Trey's inability to finish at the rim a little bit, um, but also the the shooting, and it's gonna be it's gonna be really important I think for Trey to figure out what are the shots that I do take, mm -hmm. what are what are the what are the type of jump shots he take. Like obviously he's going to need to shoot if he's a, a point guard yeah. on the team or if he's playing off ball, but there are, there's a difference. Are you a guy who because he did at Duke where he'd like come and run down and run into a pull-up three-pointer. Well, I would got to draw a line in the sand. Like, maybe that's not something you're doing at the NBA level. So he, didn't, he did not do that his freshman year with, with the NBA caliber guys around him. Probably a good idea because he's not very good at it. Right. No, yeah. and I think that's to your Russell Westbrook point. They just kind of said, mm -hmm. you're yeah. our best player. Sure. Go do whatever. Like, you're not, we're not going to handcuff you here. If right. you want to shoot something, do it. But his freshman year, playing with Zion, Cam Reddish, R.J. Barrett, it was more like – you're really valuable, but you're our fourth option on offense. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like right. you could make the case that he was probably their second most important player last year behind Zion. Mm -hmm. um, but he was never going to be asked to like create on offense. Right. And so I wonder if like that, if he can get, cause you're right. He is really good in transition. So if you can put him on a team with good athletes that get out and run and mm -hmm. he can focus on what he does well, that's where I think he could shine. Right. Would you take him over Cole Anthony? <laughs> that would be a huge. That would be a huge leap. 
so when we talked a little bit about yeah. this, it's funny how we do like how we rank prospects. Like we, everybody you ask, every mock draft you look at has Cole Anthony ahead of Trey, which I yeah, by I, like twenty spots, like yeah, yeah, drastically. But like if you watched, if you didn't know anything about these two guys, and you watched both Duke Carolina games this wouldn't year, wouldn't even be close. It wouldn't be close. Yeah. And sometimes I just think basketball is weird in that way, where it's like, is, is the fact that Cole Anthony is one year younger? It, does that? And it's Does that, not even like that big of a gap because Cole's like kind of older for it. So I'm with I, you, man. I think so I so to answer your question, I in the NBA today, I think offense probably is more important than defense. Like if you could have a really good offensive yeah. prospect or a really good defensive prospect, you'd probably take the offensive prospect. And I think Cole Anthony is better offensively than Trey from a scoring shooting standpoint. Mm-hmm. So I yeah I I would probably take Cole Anthony. Sure. With. That though, I would not be shocked if in, in five years Trey is like having a better NBA career. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I I, I think you know it's it's kind of classic. It's maybe I I don't see it, but I respect the opinions of some people who do see it that they see an upside in Cole Anthony, and I think a lot of that is born out of some stuff that they saw previous to North Carolina. Right. Uh, if Cole Nike Anthony was was twentieth in the country <laughs> coming into North Carolina, yeah. I don't know if he'd be right. a first-round pick right now. I mean, it, it, it's just – But the it, fact that he was second or third or whatever, it's the, – the, the Duke at UNC game where Trey takes over and it goes into double overtime. Yeah. It's a game that Duke has no business winning. And it is the entire, <laughs> the entire equivalent of the fourth quarter in, right. in the college basketball game. And overtime one and overtime two is the Trey show. Yeah. And he's get he's getting no help. North Carolina's finding ways to score themselves, not Cole Anthony, but other guys. And 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 Trey literally just wins the game yeah. for them. And and it, and it's it's that, and that's one game. But I think it's important that he literally had to close the end of the second half, and he closed the end of the second half to force his team into a tie. He had to close the first overtime to force his team into a tie, and then in the second overtime, he won the game for his team. And, and I think that means something when you're going up against another NBA level prospect that matters. And then it was the same thing when they played at Duke, like mm-hmm. he beat him up and, and I pulled up like the, the box scores and it doesn't really show it as much where like Cole Anthony had a, like, it was like three of 13 and four of 14 or something. The two games looks bad, but Trey's numbers don't look that good. Trey's play because it was so many different things that weren't even just getting to yeah. the line. He just got to the line over and over again. And I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a really important data point, and maybe we don't need to take it so far as to say he's over. He goes over Cole Anthony in, in this draft. But when you start comparing tra- – there's like 11 guys who could be point guards or guards who they'll go in the first round. I think you can really use some of that stuff to, to put him over a, a Nico Mannion, you know, to put him up against a, a Kira Lewis, a whatever, like mm-hmm. a, a Tyrese Max. I mean, like – Trey laid down some tape this year that yeah. suggests he's better than these guys. Yeah. And and it really just becomes a bet on whether or not you want to I don't know, you you want to buy into the, the 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 narratives of the younger guys. The and the, the bet with Trey is can his offense be serviceable? Like can he have a reliable jumper? Like can he just be a good catch and shoot guy? Mm-hmm. And if he is, then I think he's going to be re- like 
don't know if really good relative, but, but he's going to be – yeah, he's going to be very valuable. But then there's probably somebody listening to this and going, okay, so his upside is becoming Tyus Jones. Like <laughs> – Tyus, Tyus Jones is – See, I, I disagree. If somebody does think that, I would yeah. disagree because I think, again, I go back to his defense. I think Trey can be a top-level defensive point guard in the NBA. And I'm yeah. going to keep saying that. Right. But, no. like, I do think that he could be – by the time he's 27 years old, sure. like, I think he could just be – I really think he could be one of the better point guard defenders in the NBA. Right. And, and I'm not saying that's going to be a starter level or, like, sure. a all. obviously I don't think he's going to be an all-star, but, like – I think he could be, you know, you're talking about a guy like Avery Bradley, who I mentioned earlier. Like, I yeah. think he could be that type of defender. Right. Yeah. I, I, I could, you know, I could see that too. And I think it's just, it, it actually seems a pretty reasonable path yeah. for him to get there. And Avery Bradley, I looked earlier today, he's six foot two. Yeah. Like, no, they're, they're, I didn't even. You didn't do the thing. I didn't, I didn't do my thing. But the podcast even started. <laughs> <laughs> we lied. Uh, but Avery Bradley was, was one of them. Um, it's just, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the thing is with Cole Anthony, I, I think, I, I don't necessarily see it, but others do, that he does possess an, an upside where, where you know, maybe maybe he is something that's right. a lot better than Tyus Jones. And that's just and the maybe, offense, right? That's and yeah, I think I think it just is that. And to your point, as you said before, like, offense pays the bills. Like, yeah. that's going to – that that's more meaningful. Um, I, I want to transition over to Tyrell Terry, but the last, just because I spent the time to put this all together, I'm going to read it off. Um Trey, according to Synergy, defensively points per possession. Of these 11 guys who might be first-round pick guards, he had the best numbers there and, um, you know, substantially better than, than most, of the, yeah. most of the other players, way, way better than Cole Anthony, who's Cole Anthony's 45th percentile defensively, um, overall defensive possessions, whereas – Trey was 91st percentile. So right. he uh, – the numbers, you know, the numbers back that up. I, it's always kind of hard for me with synergy numbers, and I go, okay, well, is it fair for me to be comparing the numbers of Trey Jones, who's playing with, like, good players, to, um, you know, Grant Ryler, Riller, whatever his sure. name is from Charleston. So I don't sure. even know who he's playing with. Um, but but that there's just some more confirmation to the idea that he was really a dominant player. And that's what, that's what will be the needle mover yeah. for Trey. And if he can become a, any bit of an offensive weapon scoring-wise, yeah, he, he does have upside beyond Tyus. I just think um, I just think Tyus is pretty special. Yeah. And, and, and Trey would need to emulate a lot of that. And I don't know. It's, it's, Time it's, will it's, tell on yeah, that. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's really hard right. to be able to tell. Um, all right, let's move over to Tyrell Terry, um, uh, also from De La Salle here. Yeah. And played his freshman year at Stanford. I think I just kind of what I was overhearing while I was listening um, in on Synergy was that he was not expected to be a one-and-done player no. at all. Um, but had a pretty special year at, at Stanford um, for a guy who's tiny. He's six foot two. There's no wingspan measurement out there for him, but six two. 160 and I think when we when we talk about him we need to bring that up we need to acknowledge that as an issue and we also the other thing we need to bring up as something that's very clearly a positive is he is an unbelievable shooter yeah and from a ability to make them out to make them and to be able to create them he is special yeah in, in that sort of way he's I 
I think I might have said that Neesmith was the best shooter in the draft bef- before really having like mm-hmm. dug into Tyrell Terry. Like he, I think he Tyrell Terry has to be top to bottom off the dribble, catch and shoot, all things kind of included. Like he, he yeah, like you said, he's he's an unbelievable shot maker. We'll talk more about Aaron Neesmith. So I was kind of going back and forth in that in my head too. And I just it started like loosely sort of putting together like big board ideas. And yeah. the, the more and more time I spend on it, I find myself sliding Neesmith up more and more. And I've kind of gone back and watched Is some number more one of yet? <laughs> Not quite, but we, got, we still got like three months to the draft. So yeah. <laughs> get there. Good. But with, with, with Terry, it's – he is so we, – we can't say in this new NBA – that we can't out of hand just dismiss the idea of a player who's very small and does not project to be a, a good defender becoming a very good player. If they're an elite shooter, it not only can work, but they can they can be a star. Right. It's it's happen it's happening frequently in this league this league and you know the the cliches to bring up are Steph Curry and Trey Young. You know, from from recent years, and let's just take Steph out of this equation because now we're talking about something <laughs> like too special. But but Trey Young, I mean, really, it opened up the door to the idea that a player like this, like, don't judge a book by its cover. Right. Like, I can make special things happen because I'm that special of a shooter. Yeah. And and that's where you start the argument. And I'm assuming that's where Kevin O'Connor is starting the argument by ranking him eighth on his big board. All right. Um, so I, you know, I'll acknowledge all that. I, I, I can't, I can't just dismiss the idea that this guy's too small to be able to make it right. like that. That doesn't work. That's not, that's not fair. You can, you can use it as a mark against him. You can't, you can't wash him all the way off the board. So let me ask you something then. It, do you see, like, do you see a middle ground for him? It's a great question. That's literally, how I was going with it too. Do you see a middle ground? It's, because to me, and I'm I do, but go ahead. I'm probably a little biased. Like I, I'm always been, like I've always really enjoyed like the smaller guards who can shoot it really well. And obviously he's from Minnesota. But watching him, I couldn't help but to think like it's either gonna work. It's either gonna work just like it does in college. Like he's that mm-hmm. special of shooter score because he is, and it's just gonna translate. And he's gonna be a Trey Young or a CJ McCollum or one of these smaller guards that are just dominant because of how good they are. Or, so that's one or two. It's, he's just going to be physically outmatched. Right. And you just can't really control that. That just either you have it or you don't. So is there like, give me an example of a guy that's like, that fits his build, fits his mold, great shooter, but small and skinny. That's like a, Sixth man, seventh man, eighth man on a team. Seth Curry. Okay, good so, one. Yeah. And I mean, it's they're. I like that. They're literally the exact same size. Six three, uh, six four one. Or no, no. You were waiting. You were waiting for that. You had yeah. that teed up. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's the exact same size. Sorry, as Trey Jones. Tyrell Terry is very small. He's six two and listed at one sixty. Now he might act. That might not be right. It might be more than that. But Seth Curry is. If he's still one sixty after quarantine, that would be. <laughs> Seth Curry is not, uh, you know, he's not a starting guard in this league. You know, he has at times for them, but he's he's found that middle ground where he's yeah. he's not he's not his brother, and he's not Trey Young. That's a good example. You know, and and so th- this is this is actually just a crazy cool Seth Curry stat, and maybe 
is, is sets too high of a bar for Tyrell Terry. But on catch and shoot threes, he led the league in three point percentage on catch and shoot threes this year at forty eight point four percent. And last year he led the league in catch and shoot threes at forty nine point seven percent. Two years in a row leading the league in catch and shoot threes. That's crazy. Yeah, I, yeah, it's. I think it's one of the best of all time too. I remember hearing yeah. that on on a podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. Him and him and Seth or Steph both have two of the highest catch and shoot. But but he is definitively the middle ground. That sounds great. Like he's all these mm-hmm. things. But there's a reason again, and I'll go back to contract values because that is a pretty fair marker of what is your worth in this league. Like right. Seth Curry was a free agent this year, and he signed a four year, thirty two million dollar deal. Right. About like the same thing as Tyus money. Right. And it's because it's because there are. The weakness is there. The difference between Seth Curry and Trey Young is Seth Curry is not an offensive engine in and of himself. And, you know, people kind of fall over the place on Trey Young, depending on how much they want to condemn him for his terrible defense. But the reality is Trey Young is, is very good and has a chance to be special because he is an offensive engine where he is not just a shooter. He does have the ability to get to floater range, and he's this elite, elite passer. And a big thing that, you know, I felt that what people are doing, because I did go and read about Tyrell Terry a little bit and other people, is they just started like copy pasting over some of Trey Young's skills. And I didn't see it. I didn't see particularly the passing from from Tyrell Terry where everyone's like, oh, he's an elite passer. I, I yeah. don't think so. It's I don't not think so. It's not Trey Young's Trey's level. special, like yeah. a, a, a special passer. And I don't, I didn't like, I don't know if Tyrell Terry even comes into the league and is is like a true point guard. He might be more like Seth Curry, where it's like you're one and a half, and right. he's kind of playing off ball to you know someone's Luka Doncic, right, or right. So, something in, in that sort of way. But Trey also Trey Young also had a little bit more of like a burst, I think, than Tyrell Terry. Mm-hmm. I went back and watched sure. like some of his Oklahoma tape to like kind of like, do that. I didn't do it to kind of like think like what I would be saying about Trey Young today, sure. and. It's a good comparison. Obviously, it's like best case scenario for Tyrell Terry, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Trey does have like, like a speed, a gear, right? And he had it in college too. That I don't know if Tyrell Terry has. Yeah, I I don't think Tyrell Terry does. I it would be an interesting thing to be able to to ask Kevin O'Connor because I do remember this. I think it was like the first year that the the Ringer did this their their sort of draft guide thing. And do you remember this? Like Trey was like barely in the lottery for them. I don't remember that, but he, well, I mean, this is, that was, that wasn't limited to the ringer. Like a lot of people were not buying Trey based on his size. Right. Yeah. And you know, and now obviously Trey's turned into to something special, but so I, again, if, if Kevin O'Connor put together the draft board in 2017, what made him rank Trey young 13th or whatever it was then, and Tyrell Terry eighth this year. Wonder if he learned. I mean, wonder if it's more of just yeah. like a hey, I'm going to start giving these smaller sh- shooters more credit. And I think, and I think that's kind of where my sort of existential conflict with all this is at. Is yeah. I don't like I, I'm becoming a believer in the idea that that like exists and is is right. valuable, but you, it does also kind of require getting over some of those previous mental hurdles you have of right. like I know no matter what that this guy's going to get waxed defensively. Yeah. Like, yeah. so it's it's just, it's tricky for me. And, Can and his offense be good enough where? It just has to be so good. Like for, if, uh, again, but, like, it's, and I watched Tyrell Terry in high school, and I 
I didn't watch a lot of Stanford this year, but like going back and watching all his film, like he is so skilled on offense. Like, mm-hmm. would you agree? Oh yeah, the 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 ability to to get to his shot with whatever footwork and get have the exact same stroke every single time is special. It's special, yeah. yeah it's 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 on the level of Trey Young and, and CJ mm-hmm. McCollum and like those elite small guards sure. in the NBA. Um, but yeah, I, I just keep coming back to the physicality part of it. Like, mm-hmm. is is he going to be just abused? And if he's not, then I think he's going to be just he's going to be great. Not, yeah, relative. Like he's right. gonna he's gonna do just fine. So okay, we we got it. We do got to talk about his size. And yeah. and CJ McComb, you brought up. It's also he's on one of the comps on the on the ringer for yeah. for Tyler Terry. And and CJ McComb is smaller. Um, and his him and Dame both have got like banged on for their defense. You know, through yeah. their careers to some degree. But but CJ McComb like battles defensively and physically can battle. He's not. He's not necessarily like tall or long in ways to do it, but I, I remember—I think I've actually talked about this on other podcasts before—is just really watching that entire series, the Blazers against the Thunder last year, when it was Russ and PG. Yep. And you know Lillard beat them, but like a really important factor in that in that series was how well both Mo Harkless and CJ McCollum defended. And and CJ McCollum it was like this uphill you know he's get uh, switched on to Paul George all the time right. and and needed to do that and I remember watching him and he he like took on the challenge and obviously you're not going to be able to like win that or stop that or sure. anything like that but he was extremely intentional about slowing him down and what's extremely concerning to me about Tyrell Terry is he doesn't appear to give a shit about defense. When, when he's out there and it's extremely lethargic and it's the same thing as Trey. And, and for me, you know, the, the Hawks are going to come to this crossroad, you know, next year where they're going to have, he's going to be up for an extension and they're going to probably give him a max and you're going to end up hitting this, this whole thing where you go, it was that worth it? Is, is that guy, you know, like how much does this absolutely ruin our team that this guy can't defend a lick. Trey Young is never going to be able to defend a lick. And it's, you know, in the Timberwolves world, we struggle with that a lot too with Carl Anthony Towns. And you go, okay, yeah, your offense is so, so special. And it, that alone makes you worth a max contract, sure. Right. But, like, at what point are we just stapling ourselves to something that, you know, doesn't, doesn't work on one end of the floor? See, I don't think I'm as down on his defense as you are. Okay, yeah, go ahead. I, like, I... Obviously, anytime a small shooter comes in the NBA, they they get this the Steph Curry label. Sure, I actually think he's more like Steph on defense than he is on offense. Hmm, interesting. And I mean that in the sense that like he's always going to have possessions where he just gets physically abused, like that, like Steph does, right? Like there's sure. always going to be a time where a bigger guard just puts his shoulder into him and gets to the rim, and you're like, God, he sucks at defense. <laughs> like he just can't guard anybody, yeah. but. What he what's where Steph makes up for that is his IQ, his instincts. Like he reads passing lanes well. Like he's just kind of always moving and always in the right spot. For sure. Sometimes he gets dominated, like I said. But right. I actually think Tyrell Terry is like that. Like he's gonna get one on one. Like if you just played one on one against a lot of guys, he's not gonna be good. Mm-hmm. But like de- in a team sense, team sense, defensive concepts. I actually was more impressed with his defense than I than I thought I would be. Okay, I mean, 
and like I, 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 I think, think okay, he, this, I think he cares. I think the, he cares the, the, on defense. The, the one pro I have on his defense uh, in my notes is that I think he sees the floor well. Yeah, he's he's like he's. I mean, it's just like the kind of the whatever the materialization of being a point guard to the defensive end is is just being very cognizant of your surroundings. I think like any good point guard offensively is kind of good at doing that defensively. Yeah. And and I see that in him and he he's, you know, like kind of quick to stunt in and, and you know, do those sort of things, jump some passing lanes in that sort of way. I don't know. Maybe what I'm getting really caught up on is the lethargic times. Yeah. For him. And and there is a lot of those. And I don't know, is that something that can be coached out? I, I don't know enough to be able to to say that or not. I just know that if he is in fact six two and weighs 160 pounds, right. That if you want to even approach passability, you're going to have to take it so seriously. Yeah. Like, and it's this like sort of just thing in basketball right now where I think kids, and I'm talking about a lot younger than even freshmen in in college, that like they think that if they just shoot the shit out of the ball and they look like Steph offensively. It's like going to work. Gonna, yeah. yeah, you're going to be fine. No. And, I mean, I, you can obviously speak this as an actual coach way better than I can. But it's like I, I think Steph Curry has done some awesome things for the game. Yeah. And, and you know, and Trey Young too. But it's also inspired this, like, generation, I think, of people who think that that's all you got to do to make it. Right. There's def- he's definitely created this, like, some people don't think it's cool to play defense type of thing. Right. Like, and, and whatever. And it they isn't, stand straight up. Cool. They don't get in a stance. It, and whatever. It isn't cool. We, like, what we talk about in college a lot of times is, like, you can talk about strength and speed and, and all these different things that, like, go into being a good defender. But the first thing we will tell a guy is, like, you have to give a shit. Mm-hmm. You have to give a shit. If you don't give a shit, you can't be a good defender. Like, it's yeah. impossible. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's a good – I mean, does he – care we'll find out um, right and and i don't know i can't i can't just know that from having watched the film of the games from his freshman right. year I, I i don't know that but but i see <laughs> i i needed to see more things i liked i, I think right. defensively to be a little bit more optimistic because again offensively i don't see him being more than just a good shooter you know like i, I don't i don't think he's going to be that trey young offensive engine and and then so if you're just if you're just Seth Curry, right? And, and that's not even saying just Seth Curry. Like Seth Curry is one of the best shooters in the league, right? And it's not a guarantee that Tyrell Terry is going to be that either. Like I, I don't know. It's it's just it's pretty. He's going to be a good shooter if he gets the opportunity to play. Yes, and I think if he can get in an off-ball role and you get him taking yeah. 50, 60 percent of his shots, catch and shoot situations. Like he he he's like a guy who, who next year if he's an off ball role and they play him in the corner a lot, like I wouldn't be surprised if he made like fifty four percent of his corner threes next right. year. I just think he's just money. He'll have a couple games where he makes seven or eight. Right. Yeah, yeah, like I, I the Duncan Robinson games or whatever where he's yeah. There's that's a that's another good comp there yeah. too. But unless you're able to be your team's whole offense, just being a really good shooter, that alone doesn't make you like right super special and and it'd be something i'd love to take a, a flyer on at late in the second round maybe towards or not late in the second round late in the first round um but the the idea and maybe i'm just getting like too caught up in koc putting him at eight right i just don't see that i i, I don't i don't know yeah I, a, I wouldn't be able to like get even close to that i do think he has he has high upside 
And I think it's yeah. – that, that might sound weird because people always associate upside with, like, a 6'9 guy who can jump out of the gym. But no, like, I'm totally if, with if, you. If he can figure out his defense mm-hmm. and the shooting translates, then he's going to be a really good guard. He 100% has higher upside than Trey Jones. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, I would because, agree with that. Because there's a chance – That he becomes – Special at something. Yes. Like, that is a specific skill. World class at, yes. at shooting. And, and not only shooting, but, like – like like you said, I think you mentioned it earlier. Like off the dribble, catch and shoot off of screens. Like mm-hmm. he's just got every shot that you would that you'd want. It's so. Maybe we can kind of start to wrap up here, but I think it's it's a really like interesting thing today as a as a guard to need that sort of in between floater game. Yeah. Right. And and I think that's been so big for Trey Young. To, to be able to get to that. And with Trey Jones before, it was something I was kind of disappointed to see. He didn't really show off at all at Duke. And I think if you're Tyrell Terry and, and you know, that that's just going to be something that you're going to need. And he kind of had, like, I kind of liked it, what I saw of it. It was, like, really square body kind of, like, floater. Do you know what I'm yeah, talking about when we totally. were watching it? And, really um, under control. Yeah, and so I guess speak to that with him or just, like, in general – why now, when we talk about a pace and space league, why that – why is a floater just so important? I just – when you're that size mm-hmm. and they take away your three and you're in the NBA. Which they're going to do. They're going to take away your three and you're just not going to get to the rim when you're that size. Like it's just – No way. Even, even accidentally, these centers are going to be in your way and block your shot. So <laughs> – yeah. They take away the three, they take away the layup. You need something else, mm-hmm. right? You just need to, to be, to be effective. Um, and, yeah, I think it's as simple as that, honestly. I think, too, I think it's um, – I think we're seeing it be more valuable, particularly in the NBA now, with just the uh, the frequency of having four guys out on the perimeter. Yeah. For, I mean, almost every team. And that area is available, <laughs> Right, because right. teams aren't helping off other shooters either. Yes, they know teams are looking to drive and kick, shoot corner three, so defense is, is staying put. So it's you need you need something. It, it's just and it's, I think it's a big difference between a lot of point guards in the league yeah. today because it's just like some because it's, it's touch right, like and some guys don't ever figure it out or they like try and teach themselves how to do it and it's always just sort of funky, but their teams have told them okay stop pulling up from seventeen feet right get to twelve and and do a floater and. If you're in a, a pick-and-roll heavy system, and, and particularly if you're going up against a team that's dropping deep or whatever, they're just not really respecting you as a shooter, like this is to the Tyus Jones point, like he had to get in there constantly, and, and you just kind of get to this point where you're like, one, two, all right, is do I have somebody to pass to? Nope. <laughs> it's just kind of all in one, all in one motion, being able to get to get to that floater game. And I think for – for any lead ball handler in any team right now, that's extremely important. But particularly if you're a little bit smaller, like a Trey or particularly Tyrell Terry, that it's just a it's just a critical part of the game. Yeah. Um. Do you have like a who would you take? Who would you take between the two? <clears throat> I would take Terry. Yeah. Um, the offense, you think the upside? Yeah, I just yeah. I mean, it's exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. Kind of with uh, with Cole Anthony. Uh, so rank th- the three of them. Would you take? Would you put Cole ahead of Trey? I don't think you answered that question. Uh. Oh, Cole ahead of because you would put Tyrell Terry ahead yeah. of Cole, I would imagine. Or maybe not. I don't know. 
Yeah, I, I, honestly, if I'm being totally honest, <laughs> like I'm buying a little bit more Cole Anthony stock simply because other people do, yeah. <laughs> you know. And be, I mean, I w- when we you and I did the Cole Anthony pod, like I I didn't see it, right? I didn't see it at UNC this year, but like I don't know why why was he why was he like universally regarded as as one of the top players in the country coming in and it's part of the reason again if i'm being honest why i believe some in james wiseman like with james wiseman i believe in him one because i've actually seen how physically imposing he is but two like you know that he had somewhat of a track record at at the high school level to be able to back that up right right and there has to be something with cole there where i don't know i i would put i would put him and tyrell terry i guess in the in the same sort of tier and would maybe need to you know to 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 look at it a little bit further, but right. I I don't know. I think honestly, for all three of them, <laughs> I I think there's just a lot of wings I would take over them. Yeah. There's just a, there's a lot of there's a lot of point guards in this class. Where like if I'm in the Wolves at 16, I'm not jumping. I'm not biting at any one of those point guards because right. one of them, one of the guys is going to be there at 33. Yeah. And prob for me at least, I don't think I'll have that big of a difference between. Devin Dotson and Trey Jones, right, or something like that. Yeah, right. to you know, to 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 choose a, a few of those different guys. So, so yeah, I just think it's a lit, it's a very like um, saturated point guard draft. But these two guys are very unique in that saturated group where Trey's the best defender and Tyrell Terry's the best shooter of yeah. all the point guards. I would agree. Yeah. Um, let's do next week. Two other point guards, Tyrese Maxey and Kira Lewis. Perfect. SEC. SEC, yes. Did you know that? No. You know what the SEC is? <laughs> I know what the SEC is, but <laughs> it doesn't does just click in my head. Um, I'm just trying to stick with themes here. You know, Minnesota <laughs> bigs, Minnesota Well, guards. you know what? We got a lot of time. At some point, we're just going to. Yeah. We're just gonna run Did you figure out how to get uh, your change your v- VN, no. VNP? No. What's his v- name? I don't know. No, I, about to say I just got a car. It was a VIN number. That's Vin, not what yeah. it is. Uh, not a VIN number. VPN. 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 No, I, so, so this is the thing that I've learned about Synergy is that we have a different type of Synergy than other people do. There's mm. different types of Synergy where some Synergy does have international. So we got to get somebody. Somebody gotta, out there. Somebody, some coach out there. Who wants to share their synergy with us? Yes. We'll give it right back. You can change the password. <laughs> we just want to watch the mellow ball. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, that's Will DeBerg at WDeBerg14. Um, I'm Dane at Dane Moore NBA. Again, I will be tomorrow. No, on Friday, I'll be recording with Britt Robson for a Timberwolves-centric podcast because we actually have some Timberwolves stuff to talk about and won't for the next six months. So, so check that out. I think that'll be up sometime over the weekend or uh, for sure by Monday. Until um, next time, I'm Dane. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stop, yeah Green it hard so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah Hope you dancing like nobody else around, yeah For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts So you can quickly and easily find what you need Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.